Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted, or should I say welcome back. We've been dark for a little while here in the <laughs> studio from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, alongside, as always, my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz, coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, I've taken a little time off. You've got some time off coming up. Matt LaFleur has been filling out his coaching staff here for 2019 with the Packers. So we'll squeeze in a couple of shows here to talk about what's going on with these coaches as uh, the vast majority are now in place. And we'll focus this show today on the offensive side of the ball. I'll give you the quick rundown here. The new names on the coaching staff, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator, wide receivers, Alvis Witted, tight ends, Justin Outen, offensive line, Adam Stenovich, assistant offensive line, Luke excuse me, Luke Butkus, and then a couple of familiar names, quarterback coach Luke Getze coming back to the Packers after a year away in the college ranks. He coached wide receivers here before, and then Ben Sermon sticking around to coach running backs. So as this group takes shape, Wes, what are your initial impressions kind of of the collective? Uh, impressive. Uh, young, impressive. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're seeing a lot of guys in their 30s, uh, but for the most part, each one of them individually has really impressive resumes to speak of. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett coming over uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars, spent a number of years there. Obviously the son of Paul Hackett, uh, one of the big innovators of the NFL, a mentor uh, to Mike McCarthy. And I, I'm really excited to see how this, this group shapes up. I, before we get into all the new coaches, I just want to take a minute, though, to, to talk about Ben Sermons coming back, Luke Getze returning to Green Bay. Yeah. With Sermons... What he's done with that group uh, over the last three years, what he's had to work with, uh, the I, I don't know if there's any position coach that's had to overcome as much adversity as Sermons has had to. So when it was announced that he would be returning as running backs coach, I thought that was a big plus for this offense. And with Luke Getze, and we're going to get a chance here in the coming weeks to talk to him, his reasons for coming back to Green Bay after the year spent with Mississippi State as the offensive coordinator slash receivers coach. I'll say this about Luke Getze. I don't know in my time on the beat if there has been a young coach that's come in as a quality control coach that has looked more the part of a leader, of a, uh, a high-level future head coach than Luke Getze has. Uh, he's diversified his resume. I don't want to put words in Aaron Rodgers' mouth right now, but I, from what I recall from a few years ago, spoke really highly of him as a coach. So to get him back, regardless if it's quarterbacks, whatever it is, it, I, I just think it's the same move last year as getting retaining Jerry Montgomery after there was a little flirtation with the college ranks. I just think this is a guy that's meant for the pros, and I think he's meant to coach at a high level. Yeah, and I, it's interesting, too, with regards to Getze. We saw him as wide receivers coach here in Green Bay come up with a lot of, I guess you'd call them, innovative yeah. drills with his players. You know, they, the wide receivers were uh, catching bricks before they hit the ground, you know, both for the hand-eye coordination, the reaction, and for the strength in the hand and the fingers, all those things incorporated. They would juggle tennis balls and even do the juggling where they would throw the tennis balls off the wall and then have to catch them coming back. I don't know what he's got in store for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be throwing I'm, bricks. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious to see what, uh, what Luke – comes up with now that he's uh, that he's Aaron Rodgers' position coach. But, yes, you're right. Rodgers spoke very highly of him when he was working with those wide receivers and plenty of veteran guys, too. And you're yeah. talking Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. These are the guys that, that Luke Getze worked with on a regular basis. And just to throw out there, too, I know some people were asking, well, what are the credentials there? Well, one, he played quarterback. 
he's been there. But the other thing I think is really underrated that not a lot of people have talked about, that one season, that experimental season where Mike McCarthy had Alex Van Pelt coaching both the quarterbacks and the receivers. He had both of those rooms. Getze was sort of his number two uh, in terms of assisting him there. And so he has some history already working with Rodgers. Certainly there's the synergy between the, the receiver and quarterback positions. I'm sure he did a whale of a job at Mississippi State. I'm sure it, 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 he did a tremendous job, you know, with the success they had this past season. I just think, though, when I see him, when I look at him, when I see how he interacted with those players despite being a younger coach, he just screams NFL coach to me. So it's good in that regard to see him back in what I feel to be his wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, starting at the top on the offensive side with Nathaniel Hackett, he, when you look at – there are – Coaches, no matter where they come from in the NFL, there's usually somebody that uh, that has thought very highly of them along the way and brought them along. And when you look at Nathaniel Hackett, that guy would be Doug Marone. Yeah. He has worked with Marone at Syracuse, worked with him uh, with the Buffalo Bills, then again with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know there was – it's interesting because I, th- I think this is a really interesting hire, pairing Nathaniel Hackett, you mentioned the son of Paul Hackett and all that, with Matt LaFleur, another young – offensive mind there seemed to be I don't know what you thought I I sensed a lot of skepticism in the fan reaction to this hire because there seemed to be uh with with Hackett what he did with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville there was sort of the peak that he hit and then everybody started wondering well then why did it go south like why didn't it work out how come he couldn't sustain that with Blake Bortles and to me it's a pretty simple answer it was Blake Bortles. I mean, this is, it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's right. not Drew Brees. It's not, you know, I mean, so, and I don't mean to, you know, uh, I don't mean to degrade Blake Bortles, but, you know, he is who he is and where he is in his career versus the guy that Nathaniel Hackett's going to be working with now. And to me, this combination, my point is this combination of Hackett and LaFleur offensively, their backgrounds, what they bring and what they're going to, uh, what they're going to bring to this offense with Aaron Rodgers and stuff. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, I am too, Mike. And, and the one thing I want to point out with Hackett, when, you know, we've talked over the past uh, few years, you think back to maybe Jared Cook, uh, when he came to Green Bay and in saying what it's going to be like to, to play with Aaron Rodgers after not really having a quarterback like that. Um, it's happened a number of times. Mercedes Lewis talked about some of the challenges that he felt there were in Jacksonville. Sure. Um, just with the structure, you know, of, of again, I don't want to pile on Blake Bortles, but Blake Bortles isn't Aaron Rodgers is right. the point I'm trying to make. Exactly. So, That's the point I was trying so to make So for Nathaniel well. Hackett now to get an opportunity to work with Rodgers, to work with this offense, I think you can look at his resume and it's an accomplished resume, but from the pro level, he hasn't had weapons like this to, to work off of. There were challenges in Jacksonville. There were challenges with the Bills. And, and certainly when you go back to his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So for him to have Aaron Rodgers, for Matt LaFleur, um, them having Luke Getze, a guy that has experience with Rodgers all together in that room, I think it's going to be a big benefit for them and, and seeing exactly what they can dial up with some young, innovative offensive minds you know, to, to work with one of the game's best. Well, Hackett's best offense in Jacksonville with Bortles, obviously, at quarterback, was when he had Leonard Fournette right. had that big rookie season for the Jaguars and really focused on the running game. So that makes you wonder you know, just where um, – where the emphases, so to speak, might be with this Packers offense with LaFleur and Hackett. And we talked before about what LaFleur did in Tennessee when he was dealing with injuries at quarterback and he really turned them into a a power running team. So all of those backgrounds, and like I say, I'm not going to try to predict exactly how they're going to structure this offense around Aaron Rodgers based on their backgrounds and what they've, what they've, 
they bring. But what they do bring is a history of being able to adjust and make the most of of what they've got there. And I know things with Hackett went a little bit south in Jacksonville when when Bortles wasn't able to sustain his level of play and and they fell off after uh, reaching the the AFC Championship game. And as some would say, they came uh, one inadvertent whistle away from going to a Super Bowl. But but it's an interesting mix. And then you throw in Alvis Witted coming to coach the wide receivers. Now this is a coach who's been in the college ranks for a number of years at Colorado State, mm-hmm. but he also played in the NFL nine years. for nine seasons. Yeah. So an experienced NFL wide receiver, coached a couple of All-Americans at wide receiver at, at Colorado State for the Rams out there in the Rocky Mountains. So uh, your impressions uh, of Alvis Witted when you look at, uh, at his resume? I don't want to make this into, okay, what's the best hire? I don't like playing that game, but I, I have to say this is probably the hire I'm most excited about uh, for the Packers. I, I was thinking about this, and, and this is no disrespect to anyone who came before uh, Witted in that receiver uh, coach position. Certainly Edgar Bennett was very accomplished, but I, I'm trying to think back. I think you probably have to go back to the Jimmy Robinson days uh, for a guy that that played the position and is as credentialed at the position he's coaching as Witted is. Uh, that's why I think for me, when I saw his name come up, it was one of the more exciting ones. Not just because of what he brings, not because of the NFL experience, not because of the three All-Americans that he's had at Colorado State. It's the fact that he has a lot of young receivers to work with now. Uh, Devontae Adams, you still want to keep him on the incline. You still want to be able to you know, work with your Jake Kumros and your, your Geronimo Allison's. But let's face it, Mike, they drafted three young receivers last year. Yep. There stands to reason they could bring in another one this offseason, depending on how things shake out. No doubt. You want to have a guy that has experience maximizing talent from guys in their early 20s. Witted has that. You look at it right now, Michael Gallup, uh, third-round pick last year for Dallas. They're very excited about him. Rashard Higgins, fifth-round pick for Cleveland, uh, has, has started to make his jump. And Preston Williams, we're going to see how all this works out with the NFL draft process here. But uh, another guy that I think a lot of people are excited about, they call it receiver U. I mean, they had a big, I don't know if you yeah. saw it or not, they had a big package uh, thanking him for his contributions at the school and now gets his chance to uh, try his hand coaching at the NFL level. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Williams was a second-team All-American. Correct. And then the other two draft picks you mentioned were first-team first team. All-American wide receivers. So uh, there's a lot, uh, a lot to talk about there. Before this gets away from me, uh, though, Wes, I can't forget the Green Bay Packers get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2. Learn more at www.bose.com Packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers. And at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. And I may go stock up on some soup with these winter storms they got coming I already through. did. Holy cow. Last Thursday, you should have seen me. I, I was just back, knocking down the aisles. I get back from my little break, and all I'm doing is shoveling my driveway every day. You're like a white walker. You came back to Green Bay, <sighs> man, and then suddenly oh the cold winds start blowing I in, guess, Michael. I guess. All right. Thank you. Well, uh, on the offensive line here, uh, a couple of other um, new names that will be coming to Green Bay. Adam Stenovich, interesting here. He will be the offensive line coach. Luke Butkus, his assistant on the offensive line. And Stenovich, a Wisconsin native from Marshfield originally, 
a two-time first-team All-Big Ten player at left tackle at the University of Michigan, surprisingly with those credentials, did not get drafted, um, actually spent time in Green Bay as an undrafted young player in 2006, which was Mike McCarthy's first season here, ended up going to NFL Europe, and um, eventually got into coaching. Now, this is a, a promotion of sorts for him that he will be the offensive line coach. He's been the assistant offensive line coach for the San Francisco 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, yeah. um, their fairly new head coach out there. Um, this will be, be interesting because as we talked about on one of our previous shows when James Campen departed, you talk about a, a respected, accomplished, longtime NFL head coach now you're talking about a new guy, a new young guy coming in. There's going to be a lot of veterans in that offensive line room, but this is this is a hungry coach who's getting a promotion. He's getting his chance to really show what he can do, and he's got an all-pro to work with in David Bakhtiari, a, a you know, Pro Bowl alternate type in Corey Lindsley, Brian Balaga, same type of, of level of player. So uh, a lot of experience in that offensive line room, and a, uh, a young coach is going to be looking to prove himself. Yeah, what I really like about this situation here is uh, it, you can talk about James Camp and what a run he had. I mean, you know, tied with Hog Hanner for the longest, uh, you know, tenure as a concurrent assistant on the staff, 15 years, really impressive. But there was a time where James Campen was a former high school football coach that was an assistant offensive line coach in Green Bay underneath Joe Philbin, and, and he had to work his way up too. Yep. That's what I like about the move with Stenovich. Uh, he has experience in Matt LaFleur's system and the, and the Mike in Kyle Shanahan's system, right? Uh, so from that regard, they're on a you know an equal wavelength and in terms of what they're thinking. Into it, it's giving a young guy an opportunity, and I, I think when you look at Stenovich, where he came from, the fact that he's a lifelong offensive lineman like Campen, he had a cup of tea, cup of coffee in the <laughs> NFL. Campen's stint lasted a little bit longer, yeah, yeah. but he, he's worked his way up and, and now is you know walking into this opportunity. So yes, young guy again, as you mentioned, but uh, I, I just think when you're talking about somebody at that position uh, with the experiences that he has. Uh, you you want to give him a shot, and you want to see what they have to offer. And I think in that regard, without having a chance to talk to Stenovich yet about what his, his outlook is on this opportunity and a lot of accomplished guys that he's going to be coaching there, you, you just have to feel like this is the type of move uh, as they look to make that next step that, that it makes sense for Matt LaFleur in this offense. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me just looking at his resume, as I mentioned, a two-time first-team all-Big Ten yeah. left tackle but yet somehow doesn't get drafted with those types of credentials. And that's an interesting, an interesting thing to me from the standpoint of, you know, a, a training camp starts with, you know, what, 13, 14, maybe 15 offensive linemen. Yeah. There are always a handful of those guys, young guys who are in that room, who are who they have similar type of credentials and they're sitting there going how come I didn't get drafted right. you know we we talked about a guy like Lane Taylor who just gets overlooked and eventually needs to make his way as as an undrafted but guy. that one's weird because he was a guard yeah you know guards don't get respect tackles usually do right and but but Stenovich is a guy who's going to be in front of in front of those young hopefuls knowing exactly what they're right. thinking and exactly Absolutely. what they're going through and I think from that standpoint from that that whole developmental standpoint I think he's going to have a way to connect 
with uh, with some of those guys, much like James Campen. I was because, say, because, yeah. because Campen came from you know the the humble beginnings in terms of uh, a professional career as the, well. And the thing about Campy too is that he could take himself with being sort of an everyman. He could take his personality and he could tailor it to Brian Balaga. You know, a guy that had all these credentials and all these accolades coming out of Iowa, first-round draft pick, and get on a level with him. Right. But at the same time, with the huge heart that he had, he could look at a guy like Justin McRae, who's been chewed up and spit out by the NFL and is trying to claw his way back in the league. He could relate to that guy, too, and get the most out of him. That, that's what Campy did so well. And, and God bless him. That's that's what's led to his new opportunity in, in Cleveland as an associate head coach. For sure. And he knows how to get the most out of players. So, yeah, that, that's going to be the, the thing that you know Stenovich is going to have to do. But you look at what he had to work with in San Francisco. You, know, you have Joe Staley out there who's done it all, seen it all, played through all the games and conditions and earned his respect. So, uh, yeah, I, I, certainly there's going to be a proving ground, but at the same time, I think you look and uh, with that position, there's just a brotherhood there. So regardless of what your credentials say or what your resume says, yeah. if you know how to coach, the guys are going to listen. And, and for Matt LaFleur, he's been impressed enough with Stenovich to give him this opportunity. Yeah, and his assistant will be Luke Butkus. And, of course, if you recognize that name, he is the nephew of the Pro Football Hall of Famer and former Chicago Bears great at linebacker Dick Butkus. And That's really, it? You're stopping there? The hang time actor? <laughs> That's a big one, Michael. Sorry. That just goes along with the resume. I mean, we're talking about Coach Mike here. I mean, that for <laughs> me, as a child, Michael, that was one of my formidable moments watching that show. Okay. But yeah, the, the Hall of Fame thing, linebacker, yeah. that's cool too. All right. Did you ever watch Hang Time? No. It's a great show, no, dude. I didn't go didn't back watch and it. watch it. All right. I All learned right. a lot of lessons, but okay, okay, you can continue. No, what I was going to say is certainly followed in a lot of ways in his uncle's footsteps was a player at the University of Illinois, although he was on the offensive side. He was a center, mm -hmm. an All Big Ten center yeah. for the Illini, and then did uh, uh, play for the Chicago Bears, also coached with the Chicago Bears. Um, and, he, uh, and most recently, he was uh, the offensive line coach at the University of Illinois under a couple different head coaches, most recently Lovey Smith. Um, interesting to uh, – you. I just wonder what it's going to feel like for him to put on a Packer shirt yeah. for the first time. <laughs> that may be a question he gets the first time he faces the media, like, oh, what, what was it like to put that shirt on today? Some people but, say an Uncle Dick, too, seeing what his thoughts yeah, are going to be on it. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to understand that his nephew wants to go out and get a job and, and make all something in, of himself. All in good fun, of course. Here's what I love about it, though. We don't have the technology to like put up his picture, but it, it, take away the name, take away the titles. If you take Luke Butkus's photo and say, what position does he coach? <laughs> yeah. I mean, immediately you're going to be like, oh, offensive yeah, line. Offensive I mean, he just line, looks yeah. like an offensive line coach. No question um, about it. And the thing, I, I wrote about this in Inbox last week uh, when you were gone. I don't know if you caught it or not, but I, I just really like, kind of in a smaller way from Witted, is this is a guy that, for the most part, he's cut his teeth at the college ranks and, and had a number of different stints with Illinois, and including the last few years with Lovey Smith. But I, I just I really like him taking his game to the next level. He was, you know, you're an offensive line coach, and you need to be able to maximize that. But it's just the game changes when you get to uh, the NFL. So you know, there was a great rapport between James Camp and, and Jeff Blasco there. Uh, now seeing how Buckkiss and Stenovich come together, two younger guys, both under forty. Uh, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and one guy we haven't uh, talked a whole lot about yet at tight ends, Justin Outen. Now. I'll admit I don't know a whole lot about him, but 
this is a promotion for him as well. He's Absolutely. kind of getting a position group. He's been an offensive assistant in the NFL in the past. He's now getting a position group of his own for the first time. And um, quite frankly, Wes, this is maybe the position group that uh, is the most unsettled, you might say, heading sure. into 2019 for the Packers on offense because we just don't know what's going to happen with Mercedes Lewis and Lance Kendricks both headed to free agency. The Packers haven't drafted a tight end for a while, so maybe that's something that is on the docket for April. Jimmy Graham's still under contract, uh, having been the big free agent signing from a year ago. Robert Tanyan, a young guy who got some playing time towards the end of the year, made a couple of splash plays there. But a position group that right now you just don't even know how it's going to take shape. And, uh, and again, another young coach who will be uh, looking to make his mark. Yeah, and, and Outen, if you know anything about him, another guy, again, not to keep bringing up James Campen, but he was a former high school football coach, gets an opportunity with Atlanta the last few years as an offensive assistant, and bang, here you are coaching a position group in the NFL. Uh, you don't get that chance if he didn't impress Matt LaFleur, though, if through those channels there wasn't that respect. Uh, but to, to your point, I mean, yeah, this is one of the more unproven guys in terms of just having the resume. But at the same time, I look at a position like tight end, and I go back to Jerry Font. No, uh, Jerry Font, who was a former NFL center, uh, played for a number of years. They give him the tight ends, and, and you're not really sure, okay, well, what's the correlation there? I've always felt like he did a whale of a job during his time in Green Bay. So I, I think it's very similar for Outen here. Outen here. Um, you don't know what that room's going to look like, the veterans, the young players, but yeah. uh, certainly, again, with that history with Matt LaFleur and being on that same wavelength, you can't underestimate that as well. Yeah, all right. Well, that's pretty much the uh, the rundown here, and because of where we're at with time, I think we will delay the discussion of defensive special teams coaches for another show later this week, and we'll get that in before uh, before you head off on your little break. Absolutely. We got two days. I think it's on Netflix. I want you to watch Hang Time. I want you to learn from <laughs> right. Coach Mike's lessons. I've been, rope, I've been roped into it now. I got to go. What was it? I got to watch Fletch, right? I've still not yes. done that. Yeah, you you have. have to go watch a few Hang Time episodes with Dick Buckus in it, though. Please. Please. Okay. For All me. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll be my conversation starter with his nephew. Right? All right. We'll, we'll start. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> with that, we are going to sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. We'll see you back here again in a couple of days for Wes and Mike. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.